The Law Report with Michael Mutweening Bell, Kaya FM 95.9. A very good evening and welcome to The Law Report. My name is Michael Mutweening Bell. What are we talking about tonight? Your financial health. That's what we're talking about. We're going to explore means and ways to make sure that you are not financially constrained because the law seems to be working more and more in favor of those that are in need of assistance, particularly the poor. So that's the law report tonight. I do look forward to all of your calls. 86 Know your rights. Know the law. The law report with Michael Matuining Bill. Thank you to Dr. Cindy Fonsale and her guests. Uh, they, uh, Cindy, at least she is, uh, back with you again tomorrow. Uh, not the guests, um, but definitely Cindy's back again tomorrow. She always says from Monday to Thursday. For our show tonight, I obviously look forward to engaging with you. I have every kind of expert that we could think of to make sure that we are able to deal with any of the questions that you um, might have, whether they pertain to uh, debt counseling, uh, dealing with creditors that are knocking at, uh, on your door, uh, what are some of the options. But more recently, how this debt relief is going to work and how is it going to benefit you? Who qualifies? When, when, when can you have it? Which Are you having options? Can you go this way or the other? In other words, can you go for debt counseling or can you go for debt relief? You know, it's going to be very interesting. But also another point of view, which we always think about is, um, the lenders, I mean, where does it place them? I've read some very interesting concerns from, from lenders' point of view, and we, 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 we're going to be hearing some of those. But in the immediate term, you, if you are not a lender, are standing to benefit, and we're going to be exploring some of those benefits. Um, and uh, to participate in our discussion, do give us a call. The number to dial 86 959 You can also send me a tweet. I'm at Matwening Bill. That's my Twitter handle. Um, and, and this thing is becoming increasingly, you know, I think South Africa is increasingly becoming more socially conscious. And I think this is comes as, as no surprise given the Freedom Charter. And 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 then on the one hand, we're trying to say, well, let's let's make sure that as the economy grows, which it's not, we're bringing everybody along, and we're trying to bridge this gap that one of our our great presidents defined as two economies, right? Um, where you are ensuring that you bridge the gap that exists between um, these two these two economies. Um, so I do look forward to engaging with you, and I do look forward to to your questions. And 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 more, most importantly, there are also those I remember every time we talk about credit, I'll get stories about how um, debt counselling hasn't helped, um, and and um, and you'd have the complaints. And 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 I think that there uh, the, there might be some developments that have since happened that you want to tune in and listen to. So let me welcome all my guests uh, joining me uh, on the line. Um, is the bank ombudsman uh, CEO, uh, Ms. Rihanna Stain. Uh, Ms. Rihanna Stain, good evening and thank you so much for joining us on The Law Report. Good evening, Michael, and good evening to the listeners. I'm also joined on the line by Ms. Anne Kareen, uh, Acting Manager, Investigation and Enforcement at the NCR. Uh, Ms. Kareen, good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Michael. Good evening, listeners. Uh, I'm joined in the studio by an attorney, Mr. Bongani Moses. Uh, he's a commercial lawyer. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Mr. Moses. 
Good evening, Michael, and good evening to the Afropolitans. Yeah, and this is a call to you, Afropolitans, to give us a call uh, f- for any of your questions. I mean, it doesn't get better than this where, where we have pretty much a rounded panel for you to deal with your questions and the number to use, 086-0000959. And like I say, on the Law Report, we have a disease where we get all of the calls towards the end of the show where we can't take your calls. So I'm encouraging you to dial us now. Anything to do with financial health, credit, this is the show for you. I want to pick up perhaps um, with, you know, uh, one of the most interesting developments that, are, that will happen in the last few days, which is the debt relief bill. And, and, and perhaps, you know, a, a good starting point is to bring you in, uh, 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 Mr. Moses, to say, for, for me, who's never read the bill or the act as it now is, um, what is, what is it about? What does it seek to do? Why should I even care? Why should I be excited? Okay. Um, well, the first thing that's important is to maybe understand the context of um, debt in South Africa. Right. In 2017, the World Bank estimated that about 21 million South Africans were over-indebted. That's and like the whole working class. Exactly, pretty much. And um, to actually bring it a bit uh, closer to home, um, in looking at those numbers, it was estimated that if we were to take everyone's debt in South Africa, it would it would probably combine to something about 1.6 trillion rand. That is a lot of money. Yeah. And um, that's then called upon, you know, government organizations and, you know, uh, social uh, activists to look at over-indebtedness in South Africa to see what we can do about it. And um, the National Credit Act has been instrumental in trying to manage um, that in looking at uh, unscrupulous and unlawful behavior by lenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that it did not really uh, dive a lot into was what happens if somebody faces unavoidable circumstances such as somebody who's been retrenched, a matter of divorce, or somebody who's just simply lost their jobs. I mean, we now know that unemployment is is quite a big uh, issue in South Africa. Mm. So um, it was it was necessary to have something that speaks to to that. And the new uh, credit uh, amendment act, well, it's an act now, uh, looks at issues of debt relief, right? Right. And um, it, it introduces a concept of debt intervention. And essentially what debt intervention is defined as in the act is um, when the NCR or using the tribunal or other other state entities to intervene in somebody's issues when it comes to debt. Now, there are a couple of qualifying criteria that that um, go with that to understand who can participate before in this process. About, before you, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, I'm quite keen to hear who can participate. But uh, when you say debt intervention, yes. I'm I'm a little bit you know, on the edge of my chair because I'm trying to imagine what does it mean yeah. for intervention. Somebody, it's my affair, I must pay Paul. Yes. And, you know, how does the, inter- what does it mean? You know, the literal meaning of intervention scares yes. me as mm. opposed to sort of, you know, um, give some sense of relief. Yes. So what does it mean to intervene in this sense? Yes, look, inherently uh, a, a credit agreement is an agreement between two people, yeah. you know, yeah. so it doesn't require anyone else. Yeah. But now you find more and more that you, you want to have an entity or someone to protect the consumer. Right. Largely because consumers previously did not understand what they were signing. 
or yes. what they were getting themselves into. And so now you've got the intervention of the regulator to say, we're going to look after you to make sure that you do not get yourself into a bad situation. But I mean, isn't it that when you're talking about debt intervention, mm. I'm assuming you're already in a bad situation. Well, you are. Yeah. And um, I mean, one of the things is to make sure that we're just not kicking the can down the road yeah. to make sure that we're solving the matter as mm-hmm. and when it, it, it happens. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, an even bigger issue is to try and make sure that whatever steps that you take after you realize that you're in trouble, yeah. those are, are steps that will help you in the long run. I mean, one of the biggest issues was the fact that the existing mechanisms within the, the National Credit Act Act. Um, chapter four of it provided uh, mechanisms on, on uh, debt counselors. Um, but one of the things was, or the criticisms of it has been that debt counseling does not mean that you will not be uh, over indebted in future. Sure. And now with debt intervention, you find things such as the NCR ensuring that the consumer has got enough education to know what to do in future with their debt. Right. So that's something that's very interesting. I mean, uh, consumer education has been pretty much at the forefront of the DTI and the NCR for a long time. Indeed. To make sure that... And it's quite noticeable, I... I Yes. yes. So it, it is something that, that um, is required, an intervention that is required to make sure that people are protected. So, you know, perhaps let's hear from the NCR itself, um, uh, Miss um, Anne Kareen, um, you're with the NCR, but perhaps, you know, before we talk into, you know, the meaty parts of what you guys, you know, what this what this act essentially uh, does for you. Maybe give us a background on who the NCR is. So the NCR has been established by the National Credit Act in terms of the National Credit Act to um, monitor the consumer market and to identify any um, contraventions that's been committed by credit providers and then to try and mitigate if we act on behalf of a consumer that complained, lodged a complaint with us. So to try and resolve the matter uh, informally. Um, should it happen that we can't resolve the matter informally, we'll initiate an investigation. And that's where my department comes in, where we formally investigate a credit provider and take the necessary enforcement action to, to get recourse for consumers. Um, we are also responsible for monitoring the compliance of credit providers, debt counsellors and ADRs. Um, and then we've got an educational department who sees it that consumers receive um, educational sessions when there's any changes within the, the credit market. For example, with the debt intervention bill that's been signed now, um, we'll obviously undertake an educational um tour through the country to ensure that consumers is aware of their rights in terms of the bill. If I can bring in uh, the uh, uh, Ombudsman for Banking, Ms. Uh, Rihanna Stein, um, I, 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 I'm curious to, you know, th- th- this is obviously, you know, th- there's, there's two sides to, a, to the coin, as it were, and there's a, the, there's a one side of the consumer, but there's also the side of the banks, and, and I imagine um, you got something of a difficult task. Perhaps a good point to start is what is your um, sense, uh, generally speaking, of of this new act? Well, I think uh, you also need to just understand where the ombudsman fits in. Yeah. So, you know, we are an independent dispute resolution body, exactly mm. what our name says. So we're not an industry association, and I think that is just 
where we differ slightly from what we've seen in the news, where BASA, the Banking Association, who represent the banking industry, have come out and they have said that they have some issues with the with the new act. Yeah. They did not say that, that everything is bad, that they say there's certain sections. Um, you know, in certain of the of the sections that they didn't quite agree with the way it was phrased. Yes. Um, so from our side, where we sit uh, as an independent body, we are not a, a lobbyist for the banks or for consumers. We wait for a consumer to complain. And once you receive that complaint, um, whatever the nature is, we are obliged to investigate and fairly make a decision. Yes. So we've got a fairness jurisdiction, which is then slightly different from what the NCR. They have to enforce the act. They have to ensure that there's compliance. Yes, we also look at the act. We we always have to. We look at contracts. But then we also have that where we, we, we differ. We can look at fairness. So I think just to, you know, overview say that, um, you know, there, there is a new act. It's yes. going to, I think, make sure that we all have to assist in making sure consumers understand it. We also do education. Um, I mean, that's obvious. You always have to make sure your consumers understand banking matters, and and this will be now part of banking, what your rights are. So we will have to do that. And then once the complaints come in about this process, about anything that somebody is doing or not doing in relation to debt intervention, then we will have to look at those complaints. One thing that I'm... I'm certainly curious about, particularly after hearing from the NCR, is is a distinction between yourself as the Ombudsman for Banking Services and the NCR. In other words, when when do I, you know, and and I, and I'm, I'm, I ask this question not solely because I'm concerned about your, the difference between you, but I'm concerned about me as a consumer, and I need to make a choice between you know either the NCR or, or the Ombudsman for Banking Services. How do I make that choice? And and that's really where the question of what's the difference between you is. That's what informs that question. Yeah. So um, it's not a difficult choice because you can go to either. So it's it's not like you you have to try and figure out who does what. Yeah. Um, both bodies will accept consumer complaints. Um, of course, uh, we are restricted to to the banks. Yes. And the there's NCR, only what is it? The is it the commercial banks. Credit. Um, yeah, but all okay. the banks in this country. So, um, so even mutual banks. I'm, I'm just trying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to. We all cover it. Okay. But only banks. Sure. Because it's a banking ombudsman. But you know, the NCR has a wider jurisdiction because there are a lot of other people doing credit. But it's not like you have to try and figure out who does what. If you have my number and you phone us, we will help you. If you have the NCR's number and you contact them, they will assist. Can um, I go to I both? I mean, I mean, because I think no, the the issue of the no, issue that, of I beg your pardon. <laughs> I, 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 the issue of an election is important yes. because um, if I make an election, it means I got to live with it. And 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 Miss Anne Kareen, you you welcome to come in as well, uh, so that we don't speak yeah. <laughs> about the NCR and to the yeah. NCR. No, but I, but I'm just trying to make the distinction because you know, as a lawyer. Um, yeah, one no, is very careful about the election that one makes in terms of yeah. forum. You, and you I'm really trying to... to mm-hmm. You can't go to both. So if I find out um, 
that you have been to the NCR or that you're busy with the complaint at the NCR, we will not look at the case because, I mean, that is obviously counterproductive. Mm -hmm. And I have no doubt that the NCR will do the same. Fortunately, uh, the bank, I mean, because they always, the other party, knowing that they're busy corresponding with whoever, Mm -hmm. they will alert. Uh, They will alert us, but they're already busy with the NCR, and then we will walk away. And if the NCR hears but the matters currently under investigation at the ombud scheme they will not open that case at the same time mm. so so yes you can't go to both um and i think that is pretty clear standards uh, you know across countries um and any any industry that you can't go to two bodies at the same time to see like who gives you the best outcome yeah it's a, it is a choice miss Anne Karine, you want to come in I think if I can just comment on that, um, the mandate of the NCR is clearly stipulated in our act, and um, we are a creature of statute. So if it's not within our mandate and it falls within the mandate of the banking ombud, we'll probably probably refer the complaint to the banking ombud. Yeah. Um, if it falls within our mandate, we'll take the necessary steps. Um, in relation to debt intervention, um, it's, it's, the resp- it's going to be the responsibility of the regulator to um, go through the process. So um, I, I take it that the banking ombud or any okay, so other... So there wouldn't be an overlap see. there? Yeah. Yes, no, there won't be an overlap there. That's something that the regulator will deal with um, on its own. Um, on the remainder, it will depend whether it falls within our mandate and if not, we'll refer it to the relevant ombud or regulatory body. All right, we're getting uh, closer to understanding um, one, uh, the act that has uh, uh, just been signed by President Cyril Ramaphosa um, uh, uh, regarding uh, debt relief. That's a very interesting one. But there's also, you know, this this act doesn't operate in isolation. It operates within within a, a, a legislative matrix, all of which is geared at assisting you as the consumer. So. Uh, I do look forward to your questions. Do uh, stay tuned in as we find out more about how all of these laws benefit you. We're back after this. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuining Bill. Welcome back to The Law Report. I'm joined in studio by Mr. Bongani Moses, an attorney uh, specializing in commercial law. Um, also on the line, I'm joined by Ms. Anne Kareen, acting manager um, investigation and enforcement at the National Credit Regulator. And finally, Ms. R- uh, Rihanna Stain, CEO and uh, Ombudsman for the Banking Services. Um, before we went on the break, I invited your calls and I reminded you of the of the law report tendency to call in early rather than later. So we are taking your calls. The number to dial is 86 We're talking about your financial health. We're talking about some of the financial mechanisms that are out there for you to help you get out of the situation that you might find yourself either now or in the future or that somebody you care about is currently finding themselves and they could use um, uh, this information and as always a reminder that all our shows are podcasts so you can catch this show on our podcast as with every other show that we do on the law report if you want to um, listen to this again so before we, we took a break and when, when I was still, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I stopped you from raising, yeah. well, you were going to talk about the qualification criteria. So, in other yes. words, who, who is eligible for uh, debt intervention? Okay. So, before we look at who, we look at what. what? So, right. the first thing is the type of debt that we're looking at mm. is unsecured debt. 
So um, basically your personal loans and your credit card and so forth. So that's one of the, so it, this only applies to unsecured debt. So unsecured so means, it simply means it doesn't apply to your house, house your, your car, car exactly. your furniture. It just means exactly. the ones where you went and you borrowed money yes. and they didn't take any security, yes. nothing was pledged. All right, exactly. everybody's, everybody's got so it. So the lender did not take any security for, for, for the loans. So would I, would, I, would I be correct to sort of cut through the chase and say, well, if, if your debts pertain to your car, your house, d- don't get too excited yet yes. because this doesn't quite apply to you. That's exactly Although, of course, right. the other bits do apply to you about, around debt counseling, debt review and all of yes. those. Yeah. But, but the one about debt relief doesn't. Yes, okay? exactly. Right. Or rather debt intervention. Yeah. And um, the second one looks at um, how much money you earn. Right. So um, the the new act basically says that you have to be earning an average of seven thousand five hundred rand, calculated or looked at over six months. So, in other words, that's looking at people who maybe are commission earners. So, if one month you make um, ten thousand rand and another month you make two thousand rand, we look at the average over six months, and that has to be seven thousand five hundred rand or below. Right. Um, And then the third criteria is that you have to be then considered to be over indebted. And the NCR then through the application process will look at whether or not you would be deemed to be over indebted. Now, just loosely to explain what over indebted is, it's that you're just not able to meet your financial obligations in terms of the credit agreements while at the same time, you know, being able to live and, and maintain and sustain yourself. And I remember when the, the NCA was coming in, yeah. there, there was a lot of emphasis on reckless lending, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But, th- you know, and, 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 and I'm really asking, uh, I know some questions might appear too bourgeoisie, yes. um, but I'm asking from a point of view uh, of when do you then take responsibility? In other words, is, is there no blame game that happens in the course of considering who's over-indebted? and perhaps why they are over-indebted? Well, I think that this has been kind of the discussion for a very long time. It's the same thing with the um, Consumer Protection Act. The question is, are we building a state where um, the state has to nanny the people? Yeah. You know, Um, can't people take responsibility for what they do? Mm -hmm. But um, if we look at the history of our country where people come from is that at most times they did not have access to the things that they have access to now. Mm. One of the things that they didn't have access to was credit. As a matter of fact, um, one of the major issues was to have an inclusive um, credit market where people who were previously excluded from it can now participate in credit. But of course, the intention was to make sure that they participate in a meaningful way. In other words, making sure that they're able to afford housing, the cars and all of those other things. Yeah. But now credit has extended to almost anything that you can think of, yeah. which has now gone to, to, uh, recle- to being reckless on the consumer side. So, for example, people take out uh, loans to, you know, party and to live a, a lavish life and all of that, which was not the intention. Yeah. So there is a, a level of accountability on both sides. Yeah. One, the, the NCA does state what are the responsibilities of the lender to make sure 
that the the the, the consumer can actually afford mm. the the credit. So, in, for instance, in 2016 in November, they rele- the NCR released the affordability assessment regulations, which clearly then stipulated what the NCR needs to look at in order to establish whether or not you can afford the credit. But also on the consumer side, uh, in looking at reckless lending, it. it as a consumer, it must be shown that you, you did not in any way do anything that might have uh, misled the lender to think that you are able to afford it. Right. So, right. But I mean, that's a yeah. defense to reckless lending. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the curious point, and if I could invite you back in, uh, Ms. Anne-Corrine, you, you know, the, the, it's quite clear what the three criterias are, uh, but one wonders whether do you or will you at any point consider the blame worthiness on the part of the consumer? So I'm not even talking about a situation where it's only a defense to reckless lending, but I'm trying to think about two types of consumer. One that is popping champagne on the one hand versus one that is funding the kids' school fees. Does that at all come into play or is it just my imagination? In relation to debt intervention, definitely. Um, So in the amendment bill, there's provision for... uh, if a consumer not being truthful in the application for debt intervention and let's say for example a credit provider may oppose the application at the tribunal because it's also going to be an application process that we need to run through the tribunal prior to order being granted right and and maybe 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 as you do you know just maybe explain um, you know, I, I don't want us to lose sight of the exact question that I ask, but I like to be clear as I, as a, as the answer develops. Where, how does the tribunal come into play? So, what's going to happen in the process is the applications will be lodged with the regulator. We will then assess the application to see whether the consumer meets the qualifying criteria, yeah. um, as set out by by your other guest. I would just like to clarify that the unsecured debt is just up to a maximum of fifty thousand rand. Okay, so there's um, another so there's a there's limit another, on that yeah. as well. Okay. And um, then after our assessment, we'll make a referral to the tribunal uh, because the order that, that may be obtained is free fault. We can apply for a rearrangement to suspend a debt or, or part of the debt or fees that's being um, raised on the debt and then to extinguish in the end. Um, when we refer to the tribunal, the credit providers is going to be afforded the opportunity to oppose the application. Should it, should it transpire during this application process that the, the consumer were not truthful in the application and or the um, application for credit that was lodged with the credit provider when the credit was granted, um, the new bill makes provision therefore that it's a criminal offence. So in relation to debt intervention, the regulator will have the duty to open a criminal case against the, the consumer in that instance as well. Mm. And, 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 and so, I mean, I don't know if you, you want to add on that. Um, you you, you want to add in insofar as, you know, um, the, 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 the issue of the regulator as well as the, as well as the, the commission itself. 
Um, well, as as um, is correctly put, the the NCR then is able to make recommendations to yeah. um, the tribunal. Um, the tribunal then can suspend the 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 credit agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the act provides for twelve months and then an additional twelve months, so basically twenty four months. Um, but what what's also interesting is that if you're going through the process of debt intervention, the act also provides that the the NCR then after eight months can go in to check what is your credit status and you being able to meet those obligations. So there's a monitoring. Exactly. Sure. Um, If then you're found to not be able to meet those criteria, then, you know, there could be a further rearrangement or actually in in essence an extinguishing of the debt. We're having a discussion talking about the Debt Relief Act, um, but it's not in isolation. We're talking about the powers of the Ombudsman for Banking Services, what the NCR does, what what can you and how can you benefit from this entire um, legislative matrix and where do, where's your win for you and, and, and quite insightful information that's coming out. If you want to know more, do give us a call. The number to dial 86 I want to turn back to you, uh, Ms. Anne Kareen. Um, and, and, and as you speak, um, I'm trying to understand the difference between um, debt intervention and debt counseling. So, uh, debt counseling consumers is not limited to a certain income group. Yeah. So, the purpose of debt intervention, and, and that's also what was considered by the Portfolio Committee when drafting the bill, um, was that there's liquidation available to consumers who's got a, a income, and then there's debt review available to consumers who can afford to pay a debt counselor to launch the debt review application and place them under debt review. It was found that the group of consumers that's covered by the debt intervention bill is a group of consumers that's got no recourse available to them should they find themselves in a, a difficult financial situation. So it's for this specific group of consumers that the debt intervention caters um, and um, then they'll be able to apply and, and get the necessary recourse for, and it's very similar to debt review because the, the first option that would be available to the NCR and it would obviously be the first option that we consider if a consumer has income is to rearrange the debt, very similar to debt review and the process of a debt review application. And and let's talk a little bit about, about liquidation. I mean, why would anybody consider liquidation? Well, it would be a consumer who finds himself in the same situation, a consumer that's over-indebted, not in a position to repay their debt. Um, the problem with liquidation is you need to have money available to apply for liquidation mm. and, and to actually get the liquidation order granted by a court. Mm. So this specific group of consumers that's catered for in the debt intervention bill is a group of consumers that don't have the necessary funds to apply for liquidation. And, and, and you know, the, 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 the normal fears that one would have about liquidation is that it, it affects your life post-liquidation. Um, you know, um, and, 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 and one wonders then what are the disadvantages of going through liquidation? Because every time you tell somebody, well, why don't you just file for liquidation? It's almost the scariest thing you can ever tell them. It will have an impact on your um, your credit bureau report. It will be reflected on your report until you apply for rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And um, that's after five years. 
Um, with debt intervention and debt review, it's also a flag that's flagged on your credit bureau report. So it also has an impact. Um, debt intervention, the flag will be removed after you exit the debt intervention process or you, the process has been completed. And then there's also a provision in, in the Act that you must undergo financial literacy training if the tribunal orders that the consumer needs to undergo financial literacy training. So the, the literacy training is twofold in that upon application, the NCR will provide the consumer with a high-level literacy training. And then the, the second training section that's been provided for in the Act is where the tribunal order. Um, that's something that we are not certain about in which instances that will be ordered yet, um, but we anticipate that it could be for consumers uh, that where debt is suspended and or extinguished. Let me bring in uh, Ms. Rihanna Stein, um, and, and one is trying to, you know, as, as we know more about um, the NCR and what, what the, you know, what the various acts intend to do, one does get a sense that there might be another reason why somebody would approach you as opposed to the NCR, which is matters that are not strictly speaking related to one, I guess on the first hand, not related to banks, which is the more obvious one. The less obvious one is other disputes that are not related to credit per se. Um, and I'm just trying to think of examples and maybe you can give that to uh, Afropolitans who are listening to say, well, you know, um, my issue may not, with the bank may not be related to um, the issue of uh, a credit. And, and I'm just trying to think of examples whether in fact my estimation is at all um, uh, closer to the truth. Yes, uh, of course. So um, your, your, your topic is really about the debt intervention bill. But if I can, um, I think just uh, add that most of our complaints that we see are actually not about people being over-indebted mm -hmm. and about credit. Mm -hmm. um, it's mostly about fraud um, mm. because that's where people suffer losses. Oh, the so, 99 rands one. I mean... No, 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 not that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need <laughs> to call you. Take my number. You've got it now. <laughs> but, but And uh, you've got my cell phone number. Uh, but if you look at our top categories of complaints when we look at last year, the previous year, so it's internet banking, yeah. where consumers uh, lost money because of fraud due to phishing emails. Oh, yes. So that's the number one. Number two is credit card fraud at the moment. Last year it was ATMs. Number three is ATMs. And all of those is fraud happening in these instances. So the banking ombudsman... Um, yes, we look at we look at reckless credit complaints. If somebody mm -hmm. complains about the bank granting credit recklessly, we look at people saying they're over indebted, um, and I'm sure that in some way this whole debt intervention act will will somehow come to our office. Not because we're going to do the applications; that is the NCR's uh, task. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's something else that's going to affect the consumers' lives. But what we see is um, so many consumers suffer losses due to fraud, uh, and then they don't have recourse and they end up with our office. So, and and, and, and I'm sure of, this is sort of one of your that. your biggest things. And I remember there was a lot of education. It seems to have died down, or I seem to be less exposed to it around this phishing uh, from the banks. I mean, everybody was saying, "Be careful of this. Be careful of that." And 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 you saying that despite 
all of the interventions that I, and I can't speak for all South Africans, but all of the interventions that I've seen, you saying that internet banking still fraud ca- is still, still number the, one. Still the top, still the top category. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. We, so, we so, actually need to have a dedicated show, and it's not even about only banks, but it's, it's really about the threats of the future. And I think we, we, we should certainly have you in because the threats of the future are exactly this, where, where nobody's yeah. coming with a gun anymore. Um, yeah, so uh, not that we'll miss those things. things. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, look, so, so definitely uh, please do because um, people are still falling for it. Yeah. Um, they're, they're always a new scam, uh, you know, and a better one. Yeah. And lately we've seen it a lot with credit cards. So the, the latest one, if I can just mention, is they now phone the consumer. So it's, it's telephonic. Yes. And they warn them that there's fraud about to happen on their credit cards. Sure. So, of course, like now consumers, they've read and they heard there's, there's fraud. And then they're tricked into giving their information over the phone, thinking they're talking to the bank. Sure. So these people are very clever. They've now used that as a hook to, to threaten the consumer into quickly giving the information because somebody is going to take money out of your account. Quickly give me the PIN. Quickly give me the OTP that is sent to your phone because I'm phoning from the bank now. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm pretty sure that if you actually see the OTP coming in, you'd think, then, well, this must give be legit. It because I'm yeah. helping. They did this. How else would this person know about it? Mm. Um, so, so you know, they're very clever. Um, so they heard our warnings to consumers yeah. uh, about the fraud, and they're using now that as a as a hook uh, to 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 trick some vulnerable consumers into to giving that information. I, I, I really want us so to talk about this um, because I think. You know, when I look at this, it's not just about the stealing of money. It's the stealing of information. That's the threats, right? And we really need to, you know, so I'll have Thomas definitely phone you because we really need to have a a, a, a thorough discussion of in the information age, as it were. And uh, and, and that's the, the world, the world of big data, the world in which we live and how those things are being protected and what are some of the recourses that are available. So I'd like to expand our discussion on this. You've just sparked a thought in me. But let me thank you at this point. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed your contribution. And and until the next time, thank you so much, Ms. Stane. Thank you so much. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, um, I will be taking your calls. I see, as per our tradition, calls are starting to come in now. It's a tradition we, <laughs> I hate it, but it's our tradition. And um, I will be taking your call. But remember, you can also dial in by giving us a call at 86 Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuining Bill. 17 minutes before 9 o'clock, we continue our discussion talking about your financial health. How the law benefits you and how you can get out uh, of a tough situation, as many of us often find ourselves. That's the that's our show tonight. And I, as always, invite your calls 86 0000959. Let's go to the calls and talk to Tabo, who's calling from Tembisa. Tabo, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, and you? Good, thanks. Um, I wanted to, to, to find out about the pros and cons of that review. Yes. And should should you to want to get out of it um there was what was the process what is and how long does it remain on your credit um bureau status yeah you mean you want to get out of it in the sense that you started it you haven't you're in the middle of it and your situation yeah, improves you and you it. want to say ah, i don't want it anymore or are you talking yeah, about I, a situation where you underwent the whole process 
yeah, you 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 started it, and then you're in a position where you're saying, okay, um, all all the bills that you've put under the you you settling them now, okay. um, and then you want to get out now. So what is the process? And now, now that you already have it, how long does it stay on your name? Yeah. Um, if it does, was there after post the 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 settlement of the debt, and um, if one is considering it, what are the pros and cons of considering that you should you find yourself in a gotcha. um, a tight situation financially? Yeah. Got you. All right, uh, Ms. Anne Karine. Um, I would say the pros of debt review is that you are protected from credit providers taking legal action against you. Um, the cons is that you can't enter into any further credit agreements until you exit the debt review process. Um, to exit the debt review process, there is withdrawal guidelines in place. So it depends at what stage you are in the process. If uh, a court order has been obtained and your debt has been rearranged in terms of a court order, you need to apply to court to have the, the court order rescinded. And um, if you've been declared over-indebted and there's not a court order in place yet, um, bear in mind that, mind that a debt counsellor conducts an uh, assessment on a consumer and if the debt counsellor then finds that the consumer is over-indebted, the, the whole process of the court obtaining the court order starts. So if the court order is not in place yet, you need to, because the flagging is already on your name, on your credit bearer, you need to apply to uh, a magistrate court or the high court to prove that you are not over-indebted and that you want to exit the, the debt review program. You then lodge that order that's been obtained from, from the court with the credit bureau who remove the flag from your name. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I just wanted to differentiate that with, uh, or rather we should understand the difference between um, the debt counselling process mm-hmm. as well as the debt intervention process. Yes. So, for example, whereas in the debt counselling process, you're not allowed to apply for any other kind of credit. There is a carve-out actually in the in the debt relief, um, in the debt intervention process, which says that you are able to apply, for example, for consolidation debt or a consolidation loan, which the then that has to go through also the NCR when you when you apply for it. So what's a consolidation loan? That's me. Where is it? You know, the only reasonable yeah. thing I can think of is if you borrow money from somebody else who's got a cheaper interest rate, and then they kind of take over the, you know, yes, so subordinate the debt as it were. Exactly. So if you've got five loans with yeah. different uh, institutions, yeah. you are able to take out one loan, which then covers all of those five loans. Yeah. And then you're only paying one uh, loan with only one interest rate. Well, what one, well one, one wonders if there's at that point, yeah. there would be any lender that would want to touch you. Um, well, yeah. And perhaps it's probably a fair question. Is it even yeah. a, a practically applicable provision, one wonders? Well, I mean, they still have to do the necessary affordability assessments to see whether or not you would qualify yes. for for that type of loan. But if you if you qualify for the over indebted criteria, you yeah, most <laughs> likely <laughs> yes. So an interesting thing um, that Mangani Moses told me um, before we went on air is that the uh, consumer has an option of coming directly to you for debt counselling. Um, which was never really the case. I, can I invite you to come in on this one, Ms. Ankarine? So it won't be uh, the debt counselling application as such. And mm. it's 
still just in respect of this specific group of consumers mm. um, that's covered in terms of the Act. Mm. So the consumers in that income group who's got that amount of unsecured debt and who's over-indebted. So it's not like that we're taking over the function of debt counsellors okay. in the industry. Okay, because I was a little bit somewhat excited, actually, admittedly, because because I, I've, I've never quite understood the, the and, and I say this with all the respect to debt counsellors, I've never quite understood a regime where I'm already suffocating and I can't breathe and I, I've got, you know, very limited breath in me and then I still have, I still have to give the debt counsellor the little bit of the breath that I have to them and then use the balance to satisfy my debt. It, it, it sort of still hasn't quite set well despite the passage of the years. And I understood that one now has an option to come to you and avoid the debt counsellors and you're saying that's not the case. No, mm. it, it's not available to consumers all all over the board. It's just for this group of consumers. Which one? Which group? And it, it's the group of consumers as stipulated in the Act. The consumers with an average of uh, average income of seven and a half thousand rand over six months. Oh, okay. So the same consumers that qualify for debt intervention. Right? Group of consumers. So what debt intervention, what the process is going to entail is that we assess the consumer's financial means yeah. and we'll then assess whether the consumer can repay its debt, his or her debt, by us rearranging it or lowering the interest rate. So that would be our first option, to rearrange the debt of the consumer, which is um, similar to the debt review process then. Um, if it is that a consumer is retrenched or unemployed, then only we'll consider to um, suspend and extinguish. Subsequent extinguishment will only happen after two years. So we need to reassess the consumer's financial position after eight months to reapply for a further um, suspension of 12 months if we find that the consumer is still unemployed. And then only after two years we'll be able to apply for extinguishment um, of the debt. Back to the new Act, the Debt Relief Mm -hmm. Act, we know that we've spoken somewhat about debt intervention. Yes. And we have an idea of what that is. Mm. Um, what, what types of intervention can one get? In other words, if, I, if there is an intervention, what, what, what are the possible expectations that I could have? Well, um, as, as stated by the other guest, you, one of the things that you can look at is this, or what the NCR is going to look at is a suspension yeah. of the agreement. Um, okay. A because, suspension. Because Miss um, Kareem was talking about, as I understood, I could be wrong, yeah. she's talking about debt counseling. Okay. Yeah, so, so now I'm specific to debt intervention, yes. which is. A completely different regime, as I understand. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not completely different. So yeah. let's let's. Well, regime in the sense that it's it's governed by a different and a new act. So all of this is still part of the National Credit Act. Right. As a matter of fact, it's called the National Credit Amendment Act of 2019. Right. So the act in itself. Okay. So it's not a new act. It's no. a. Oh yes. No, it's an amendment to the existing act. Yeah. So some of the uh, remedies that were previously there, they've just simply added on oh, the yes. debt uh, uh, um, in- intervention. Um, in, um, provisions into it Mm. to make sure that it caters for that. So now what essentially happens is that the Act has now uh, differentiated between two groups of people. One, people who are able to afford debt counselling 
which is what Ms. Karim is talking about. And then you've got the other group of people with those three criteria. So in other words, 50,000 rand um, debt, unsecured, as well as earning less than 7,500 rand. That's the second group. Mm-hmm. And the co- or the process that is followed by both of these groups are different. Mm-hmm. In the debt intervention process, that's when you'd go to the NCR and then have the NCR intervene in your, in your credit agreement. Right. In the second group where the people can actually afford to go to a debt counselor that go to they would still go to a debt counselor as they would have in the previous regime Mm -hmm. um, of things so what we're looking at is the amendments to the national credit act which then says that you go so in other words now you are the person who who falls into the second bucket where you can't afford to go to a debt counselor you'd go to the ncr the ncr then intervenes to say whether or not you are indebted and whether or not what are the possible remedies that could that you could uh, enjoy one of which is suspension mm-hmm. um where the credit agreement is is of no force or effect for that particular period of time mm-hmm. um and or or else it is completely ex- extinguished which means that you are not able to fulfill that obligation okay now I'm clear. I hope I hope yeah. the Afropolitans was, were, not, were not as confused as, as I was. Yeah. Um, uh, but but if you were, confusion cleared. Miss <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kareem, the, the, you defined a process in relation. So now that I, I sort of understand, um, you know how the regime then comes into play. Um, you define a process about the tribunal, etc. So as uh, as Bongani Moses was explaining. Um, the you know the how this flow runs and how this is for a, a specific group of people. I wondered in my mind whether you know if you're going to suspend my credit with Joe Soap, I would kind of have want to say as a as a bank or a lender, I would want to have a say in that. And and I was wondering whether it follows the same process that you explained about the tribunal and sec, uh, and such. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so credit providers will be afforded the opportunity to oppose the application should they um, feel that, that the NCR is being unreasonable in what they recommend in the application. Mm. And so it's still going to go through a formal adjudication process at the tribunal. Uh, um, a referral will take place to the tribunal where we make our recommendation and, and then the tribunal will adjudicate on the application and, and make the appropriate order. Is it not mechanical, and, and, and I really ask for, from a place of ignorance, um, is it not mechanical to say, and, and I'm just trying to fathom what it is that has been adjudicated upon. If I, if I am over-indebted and it's unsecured and it's uh, less than 50,000, and I meet all the criteria and it's mm. 7.5, etc., mm. what, why, why, how, why and how could my application be, request, be, be declined or refused? So, where we apply for a rearrangement, it might be that the credit provider disagrees with us lowering interest rates, mm-hmm. for example. So, okay. there's provision that the interest rate can be um, zero, zero in the um, in the provisions of the Amendment Act. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it might be that the credit provider disagrees with that and they want to state their case and, and explain to the tribunal why the interest rate the, or there must be interest rates applicable to the rearrangement order as well. Mm. And then in instances where consumers were dishonest in their application forms. Sure. So, um, the, the, I mean, dishonesty so, will, will, is not good. And that's probably the lower hanging fruit. I'm just trying to work out in an ordinary 
honest South African who then say, I meet the criteria. I'm just trying to work out in what circumstances can their request for intervention be declined, or if any, or, or, or is it as I imagine it now, something of an of an automatic and checklist process where you say, do you meet mm. this criteria? Cheers, you got it. See, it's going to be an automatic process on the NTR side in that we'll assess um, consumers mm. to see whether they meet the criteria and then we'll make the necessary recommendation. Mm. So if a consumer meets the criteria to be placed under debt intervention, um, we will make an assessment to see which one of the three orders that's available mm. um, would be the most appropriate and then we'll do a referral to the tribunal for them to adjudicate on. Um, we are still awaiting the, the regulations which are to be drafted and finalized. And there might be some guidelines in the regulations as to what must be taken into consideration. Okay, so we, we're very fast running out of time. Your closing remarks, Mr. Moses. Um, I think that we should uh, just be careful not to just think that this is a, you know, get out of jail card. Is it not? Um, it is not. <laughs> um, I think we should be careful of the unintended consequences, right. um, which the banks have alluded to, uh, one of which is that such legislation can drive up the cost of credit, which then has the consequence of excluding a group of people, which then puts them in a catch-22 situation, having them go to um, Bomashonisa and all of that to or engage in illegal activities to obtain loans. So I think um, the biggest learning point from this is that consumer education is absolutely key in making sure that people understand what are their rights and obligations when it comes to um, credit agreements, but also understanding the cost of credit. Mm. It's no longer just enough to say, this is, I'm going to be paying 5,000 Rand back each month. You need to dive deeper into actually understanding how much this credit costs. Um, It was only later on when I understood that someone can actually decline an offer for credit to say, I'm going to shop around. Mm. Um, Something else I think that we should be making uh, credit topical. Unfortunately, we live in a society where credit is something to be ashamed of. If you went to borrow money, yes, exactly. And, um, you know, you, you, you don't want to be caught, you know, having mm-hmm. debt and all of that. But the truth of it is most people in South Africa do have debt. As a matter of fact, there's statistics that say that 50% of the credit active uh, market can't meet at least one of the of the credit repayment uh, agreements. Hmm. So 50% of people who have credit can't uh, afford to pay one of their debts. So I think that it is something that's common amongst uh, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, there are now mechanisms that are there. You, there are people who are there that you can speak to that can help you to make sure that you, you don't find yourself in trouble. Sounds good. Uh, your closing remarks, uh, Ms. Uh, Anne Kareem. I think from my side, I just want to make it clear to consumers that um, we're not only dealing with debt intervention. If there's any um, credit provider that's overcharging um, or not conducting proper affordability, where, or where do you where you feel you've been treated unfairly, um, consumers are more than welcome to lodge complaints to the national credit regulator for us to look into those credit providers. A quick and one, if I can slip it in, you know, what is overcharging? I mean, if, you know, one wonders when when do I know that I'm being overcharged? What's what's the number that the, the interest can't reach? Because I imagine it's relative. No, I think, and the, on the bank's point of view, they might say, but it's risk-based. 
Um, I think the majority of the consumers and, and the credit agreements um, that, that we're talking about yeah. here is your small credit agreement. Yes. So, uh, and the fees is prescribed by the Act. Section 101 is clear and Regulation 42 and 43 is clear on the fees that may be charged by credit providers. So it's only when and it so exceeds that, that amount that is stipulated. That it's uh, overcharged and, right. and then the regulator will step in and take the necessary action against the credit providers to, to get recourse for consumers and refunds where they've been overcharged. Um, right. And also where debt counsellors fail to fulfil their duty, um, consumers are, are, to, are invited to lodge complaints with the regulator. Against, against the yeah, debt counsellors. All right, that's our show for tonight. Thank you so much to all of my guests, uh, Ms. Anne Kareen, uh, Manager for investigation and enforcement at NCR, Mr. Bongani Moses, a commercial attorney, as well as Rihanna Stein, CEO and Ombudsman for Banking Services. Um, I trust that you've enjoyed the show. I trust that you are enlightened. Um, I look forward to being with you again next Wednesday. For me, Michael Matwining, Bill, good night. That was The Law Report with Michael Matwining, Bill. Kaya FM 95.9.